You are listening to ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. In the United States, we're accustomed to saying that we have the best healthcare system in the world. Is it true? For simplicity's sake, let's compare ourselves with Canada, our neighbor and the country perhaps more like us than any other. Welcome to the Washington Health Report. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. Most of us have opinions, sometimes strong opinions, about whether a national health care system like Canada's is better than the mostly private health care system in the United States. This week, we're going to look at some data to find out whose health care system is working better. Our guest is the man who produced that data, Dr. Gordon Guyot, an internist and a professor of medicine and epidemiology at McMaster University in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. You might not know Dr. Guyot's name, but you almost certainly know his work. He's the man who coined the term evidence-based medicine. For years, he's been on a campaign to make sure that patients get the best scientifically verified health care, nothing less. Welcome to the program, Dr. Guyot. Thanks very much. My pleasure to be with you. So remind us just quickly how the Canadian health care system works. Well, there are two major differences from the United States. One is that there is public payment for virtually all physician and hospital services. Other services, drugs, dental care, eye care, home care, have a similar mix of public and private funding as does the United States. But the biggest single difference in Canada is all physicians and hospital services are publicly funded. A second difference is that we rely much less on for-profit provision of care. So, for instance, all hospitals in Canada are not-for-profit. Virtually all dialysis is not-for-profit, and so on. Now, that's an interesting distinction. What we usually think about in terms of the Canadian versus the U.S. systems is the government funding and the government-run healthcare. The for-profit, not-for-profit is another distinction I'm not sure that uh, I was so clear on. Well, there's two things. One of the myths is that government runs healthcare in Canada. Government funds hospital and physician services, but government has almost nothing to do with the delivery of services. So our hospitals are not public hospitals. They are private, not-for-profit hospitals. Physicians operate, in most instances, I would say, with considerably more autonomy than they do in the United States because they don't have insurance companies to answer to. To say government runs healthcare in Canada is really very misguided. Government funds uh, hospitals and physician services. But there is this uh, definitely uh, other issue about the role of for-profit provision, whereas uh, the government doesn't run health services, all hospitals, for instance, or virtually all hospitals, are private, not-for-profit institutions. Yeah, thanks for clarifying. I, I, I'm, as you can see, I'm a little bit confused about the situation, and I know I'm not the only one who's confused about uh, Many how Canadians are confused as well. <laughs> now, uh, uh, do these confused Canadians like the system? Well, like uh, everybody else, Canadians like to complain. And the Canadian healthcare system, like the others in the world, are under stress and far from perfect. However, Canadians are, in general, extremely attached to the healthcare system. There is, I think, a deep sense of appreciation of what is gained 
by universal access, publicly funded health care, which is generally of high quality. Canadians, I think, value that a great deal. Do Canadian doctors like the system? Well, Canadian doctors have, again, like doctors everywhere, they have complaints. But certainly, once again, the fact of not having there are a much lower administrative burden for doctors in Canada. Doctors do not have to worry about whether they're going to get paid or not. They uh, universally, they will be paid for all their services and their income, while at least for the highest paid specialties, is not as high as the United States. They still do quite well. So although there is certainly grouchiness among Canadian doctors, I think there also is an appreciation of the advantages of practicing in Canada. Now, what about comparisons in healthcare costs between the U.S. and Canada? Before we get to quality of care, how much are you paying compared to how much we're paying? The third major difference I would cite is the difference in expenditures on healthcare. So Canada spends just a little bit over 10% of its gross domestic product on healthcare. The United States is spending approximately 16% of its GDP on healthcare. Given that the U.S. per capita GDP is a little bit greater than Canada, that translates into you at the United States spending almost $2 per person on healthcare when Canada spends only $1 per person on healthcare. Per capita cost? Per capita, so twice as much per capita. Double. If all that money were being spent wisely, one would have to conclude that the Americans uh, who are spending more are getting better health care. That is exactly what you would expect. It would be hard to imagine if that money were spending wisely that the outcomes of people who enter the health care system would be superior in the United States. Many of us have strong opinions for and against a system like Canada's. Uh, many Americans are very attached to the system that we have here. But we want to get beyond opinions. And what you've done is look at a number of studies comparing health outcomes, try to group them together and see what it all adds up to. Tell us a little bit about the study. A little bit of additional background. It's known that Canadians live longer than the Americans on average, uh, have lower rates of infant mortality. And so if you're just trying to produce health outcomes, you would say, well, geez, Canada is doing very well. But perhaps there are other differences that explain the greater longevity of Canadians. Perhaps it's social factors. Perhaps it's the underlying health of the population. Perhaps it's how the population behaves. So what we wanted to do is to focus as much as possible on outcomes for the health system. So what we did is we looked at every study that compared for the same condition. So for people having myocardial infarctions, for people with cystic fibrosis, for people with rheumatoid arthritis, once people entered the healthcare system with that particular condition, what was their outcome in terms, quite often for these studies, of mortality or other health outcomes? What our goal was was to find every study that had compared outcomes uh, for Canadians and Americans who had entered the healthcare system with a particular condition. What we found is something of a mixed pattern. In other words, there was no home run total victory for one country or the other. But if you were to look at the overall picture, if you're a person who believes in adding up, looking at the number of wins and adding up the total score, Canadian health care came off somewhat better. Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> now, I, what is going on there? Well, I think there's a couple of things. So there is a great deal of administrative inefficiency within the United States healthcare system. As soon as you get private insurance, administrative costs go way up. 
So the U.S. spends approximately 32 cents of each healthcare dollar on administration, whereas Canada spends about 16 to 17 cents per dollar. So that's a huge administrative savings that comes from public payment for healthcare and the lack of need for private insurance. That's one efficiency gained. In general, all of American healthcare, from drugs to physician services to various hospital services, is on top of that more expensive. So you are paying particularly on administrative costs, but also in other things, more for each service delivered. So clearly, so that it loses to a very considerable extent the advantage associated with spending $2 for each dollar that Canada spends. And now the argument is supposed to be that, again, you know, under the category of things we all are so sure that they're true that we never question them. You know, government bureaucracies are bloated and inefficient and private industry and private insurers and so forth are competitive and sleek and efficient. Uh, why, why isn't it working out that way? Consider once you set up private insurance for healthcare services. Those insurers have to, first of all, structure their insurance plans, decide who they're going to insure, what their packages are going to be like, what they are going to charge, what they're going to charge for various people depending on their underlying health conditions. They then have to go out and market their product and they have to compete with others. So there are substantial costs in terms of marketing. Then when they get a particular client, they have to ascertain the extent to which that client is fits into which category, find out are they diabetic, are they hypertensive, et cetera, et cetera, and have the appropriate, uh, hopefully the person then purchases their package, and they have costs associated with bringing the person under their, their particular plan. Then if an individual has a health problem and uses health services, they have to process the claim from that individual. Sometimes they may decide to reject the claim of that individual, and there may be costs associated uh, with jockeying with the individual to see whether they're going to pay that. They have very high salaries, as does most of American big business for their executives and chief executive officers, and they have to make, ideally, 15 to 20 percent profit for their shareholders. Every one of those expenditures that I just described does not exist when you have public funding. As a result, there's an additional administrative cost associated with the doctors processing from patients with multiple health care plans. Now, let, let's focus in this business of for-profit versus not-for-profit. The U.S. has one little piece of its health care system that vaguely resembles the Canadian system, which is for treatment of end-stage renal disease with dialysis, where we have government coverage in some sense like the Canadian system. Yet, you found that the Americans didn't do nearly as well in treatment of renal disease. Well, that's right. So that in another systematic review comparing within the United States the for-profit versus not-for-profit provision of dialysis services. In the United States, 75% of dialysis services are for-profit, 25% are not-for-profit. And we looked at all the studies that had compared the outcomes. We found a 10% higher mortality in the dialysis services that were for-profit. In other words, the not-for-profit dialysis services did appreciably better in terms of lowering death rates in compared to their for-profit services. And, and in Canada, the dialysis centers are not-for-profit. They're almost exclusively not-for-profit. That is correct. So what does that mean? It's a sort of a chilling finding that the for-profit centers have uh, such worse outcomes. Well, it means that they cut corners 
sometimes in subtle ways, sometimes in more evident ones, and that cutting of corners leads to higher death rates. And these are the empirical data that uh, we have put together. Is there a downside to the Canadian system? There's downsides to uh, any uh, particular system. The pressures in the Canadian healthcare system come from governments being stingy about allocating resources for physician and hospital services. And why are they stingy? They are stingy because people don't like to pay taxes. There are pressures to keep taxes low. In my point of view, it would be a wiser public would pay a little bit more in taxes and uh, end up spending more in health care and reduce the pressures in the health care system. But that tension uh, exists all the time. Um, so it's no different. The tensions exist in the U.S. for the publicly funded aspects of the system, such as Medicare. But in Canada, where all physician and hospital services are publicly funded, there is that tension. As a Canadian physician who's traveled repeatedly over the years to the United States and elsewhere in the world, uh, the advantages of uh, public funding and not-for-profit delivery hugely outweigh the disadvantages. That's all the time we have. Our guest has been Dr. Gordon Guyot. Thanks for being with us, Dr. Guyot. My pleasure. I'm your host, Paul Rayburn. You have been listening to the Washington Health Report on ReachMD XM233, the channel for medical professionals. For comments and questions, send your email to xm at reachmd.com. And thanks so much for listening.